Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Hallelujah, he's not unjust. He said that even an unjust judge will say, okay, okay. He said, but if God is just, he'll, he'll, he'll respond. Jesus said, he'll respond speedily. And that's that parable, I think it's in Luke chapter 11. That's the one where he says, and yet, and yet, when Jesus comes, will he find faith on the earth? He said, here's the promise, and yet when I come, will I find the faith to bring these things to pass? That's what I want, amen? Amen. amen. I, I, when I, when, look, when Jesus comes either for me or comes for all of us as a church, I want him to say, son, I... I I gave you faith and you just built on it and, and, and worked it and, and pushed it and, and did everything you could do with it to bring about the results that you were seeking. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then here's the fourth thing. Persistence. See, it's not that you ain't good to be intense to, be, to, to pursue and quit. You got to persist. You got to persist. You can't quit. You can't give up. Amen. Look, if you think that you're going to get the same results by trying it for a while and then quitting, you, you, are, you are so sad. Well, if God was going to do it, he'd have done it by now. How do you know that? He might have been waiting for you to just hold on for that last moment in order to get that breakthrough. That famine that uh, Deacon Spence read about this morning, that, that famine that came on the land that had that widow at Zarephath about to eat a little cake and, uh, uh, and, 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 and cook a little something and feed it to her son or herself and die, that famine was ordained by God, but God gave Elijah the authority to prophesy that famine. And then he gave Elijah the authority to say that the famine was going to end. Because he told Ahab, he said, get down. He said, because I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. But you know, when he heard it, he went up on Mount Carmel and he prayed. The Bible says he put his head between his legs, got down up on Mount Carmel and prayed, and then told his servant, go look over the side of that cliff. See if you see anything. He said, he went and looked. He said, nope, I don't see a thing. He said, he got down and prayed some more. He said, and he did that six times. He said, go look. You see anything? He said, nope. Now, what if Elijah quit then? Now, you think about that. Say, well, God would have done it anyway. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. You know what he'd have done? He'd have come right back to Elijah and said, what you quit for? I told you what I want to do. Now, now, work with me here. Because we've talked about this before. God uses the authority that he's given mankind to do things in the earth. I mean, look, why did God use Elijah at all? Why did he just say famine and then say, okay, end the famine? No, he didn't do it that way. Why did he use a man? You declare famine. And then use a man, now you declare it's in. Because he's using the authority of mankind, which he gave us. If you don't invite him in and you don't give him your authority in the earth, he'll step back and let you flounder. He loves you. He cares about you. But he wants you to be the vessel through whom he works. And on that seventh time, he told, he said, now go look again. See, <laughs> so he looked. He said, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. Elijah said, okay, let's go. <laughs> let's go. It's over. We got it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We got it now. But see how he would not quit. He was persistent 
in seeking God. And you see this again and again and again in scripture. One of those widows that Elijah dealt with when he had a son, she had a son that died and Elijah got on him and, and uh, uh, told, well actually told his servant, he said, you go lay the stick on him, lay the stick on him, got no results. Said got on him and breathed on him, got no results. Kept, and he would not quit. He would not quit until that boy breathed. Then he handed him back to his mother, amen? Amen, amen. I think a lot of times we, we saints of God fail to have all that God wants us to have because we quit. We quit. What if Jesus had quit on the cross? He said he could. Said he had that authority. He said, I could call 12 legions of angels right now by simply praying to my father. He said, but then how would the scripture be fulfilled? He wouldn't quit. Amen. Amen. They called him everything but a child of God, slapped him, spit on him, beat him, uh, hit him with a cat of nine tails till his body looked like a bloody pulpy mess and he wouldn't quit. He would not quit. First thing he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He would not quit. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? And think about this. He was stepping into ter unknown territory because he did not know the experience of death. How could he? He was God come in the flesh. He was an eternal man who had no sin in him. He knew nothing about death, but he was willing to step right into that territory for you and for me. Glory to God. Go right into the bowels of the earth for you and for me. Go right into the depths of hell for you and for me. Amen? Amen. Amen. You cannot quit. You've got to persist. When you know it's based on the promises of God, you got to keep going for it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, now look, three things that you need to do with this, this mindset of these four principles I've given you. You've got to have insight. You've got to have in, uh, 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 intensity. You've got to, to uh, pursue and you've got to be persistent and you got to do this in prayer. You got to do this in prayer. Go to uh, Matthew chapter seven. Matthew chapter seven. Look at verse seven first. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. Is that what it says? Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. Now, there's a three-step process there that suggests all these things. You don't just ask, you seek. You don't just seek, you knock. In other words, you're looking for where, where is that door of opportunity where is, that, uh, where is that breakthrough that God has for me? Amen? Amen. Now go down to the ninth verse and notice what it says. It says, Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish will he give him a serpent? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things? Say good things. Is that what it says? Good things to those who ask him. Amen? Good things. Why do people always think God wants to give you bad things? I, I, you know, I just want to do, they read the same Bible I read. It says, now wait a minute, good things to those who what? Ask him. Now that goes out the window, well I don't ask God for anything for me, well then you're not gonna get the good things. 
Because he said here, I will give good things to those who ask me. Now you can be asking for other people. You can be asking for your friends, your family. You can ask for yourself. Amen? Because he said he'll give good things to those who ask him. In the same way, if my children ask me for something, my daughter uh, was uh, about to fly back to Boston, and I, I, I don't know where I was, but when I walked out, she had a movie of mine on, on the, uh, a chair that we have beside the garage door. And I said to my wife, I said, is that mine? And she said, yeah, I think it is. I said, well, why is it there? She said, I don't know. <laughs> and so I said, is that my movie? And, and, and my daughter said, oh, yeah, Dad, I'm going to borrow it for a while. Now, what do you think I said? That's my movie. You're not taking my movie. I said, oh, okay. Look, she didn't really ask. You know why? Because she knows her daddy loves her. And she knows that if she wants that, I'm just going to say, go ahead and take it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> go ahead and take it. You don't have to borrow it. I'll give it to you. Amen? Now, now, when it says evil, it's not suggesting there what is, I've often puzzled over that scripture, but I did some research this time to see that word, poneros. It means those who face hardship, disease, calamity, labor, mischief, annoyance, toils, perils. Here's what it's saying. If you who face all this stuff in life, all the challenges and the limits you have, and yet you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly father who is unlimited, how much more will he give good gifts to them that ask him? See, there are no limits on our heavenly father. Amen? Amen. Amen. Do you know that when I was in seminary, for the brief time I was there, do you know there was a professor who was teaching what they call the theory of the limited God? They were actually teaching ministers to be that God is not almighty, God is limited. And, and I'll never forget the analogy because it shook me to the core. I'm saying, what Bible's he reading? Am I read, misread? He said, God is like a father who wants to give his child a new pair of shoes, but he doesn't have the money to do it. He actually used that example to describe God. That's not the God of the Bible. God is not limited, amen? God is fully capable, amen? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we know that our God is able, hallelujah. There's no limits on his ability, amen, amen. We as human beings are limited. There's only certain things we can do. We're, you know, we, 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 we're limited physically, we're limited psychologically. We're limited. It's only when we connect up with the power of God that we're able to go beyond our human limits. Hallelujah, glory to God. James 1, 5 says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God who gives to all men liberally and does not scold. In other words, here's, let me just make it plain to you. In other words, God never says when you ask him a question, why, why are you so stupid? What, what kind of stupid? No, it says he doesn't do that. Say, ask for it. There's something you can't do. There's something you don't know how to do. Instead of saying, well, I just, uh, uh, just say, God, give me the wisdom to be able to do this. Give me the ability to be able to do My wife says, and, and, and I am not a Mr. Fix-It, believe me. There's, there's, there's nothing I like doing. Well, maybe there's something I can't think of it at the moment. But I do not like fixing stuff. I don't want to hang no pictures. I'm glad she's not here to hear this. Um, you know, I don't want to fix nothing. I mean, it's just not my thing. But when my wife <laughs> says, are you going to do this today? And I say, yes, yes, darling, I'm going to do it today. And I do it. She said, well, for somebody who doesn't like it, you sort of do do it well. I said, that's the grace of God. 
Amen. That's God taking me beyond my normal human capabilities. Amen. She said, because you're so studious about it, the way you measure. And I say, yeah, because I know I, I don't have a gift at it. I got to just make sure I get this right. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then, and then saints, I have to talk about this uh, briefly, and I'll probably come back to this next week. Um, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Um, I, we're talking about praying. We're talking about praying. Now, I'm going to say something I don't talk about a whole lot. Uh, I probably should talk about it more, but the Lord certainly led me to talk about it this time. Praying in the Spirit. Now, we are a church that believes in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe that miracles still happen. We believe that God still works in supernatural ways through us. Now, we know that some of our brothers and sisters in Christ are what we call dispensationalists. They do not believe that. They believe that that moment has passed, that it ended with the death of the final apostle. Now, there's no biblical evidence for that, but that's what... It's a tradition that's been handed down. And I think it's because of the church grew cold. It was looking for a justification for not seeing these miracles. And rather looking at themselves and say, well, maybe we're not doing something right. <laughs> they just say, well, God just doesn't do that anymore. Um, my own experience, as well as the word of God, tells me he does. But Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now, that's what we want, isn't it? We want to be as strong in the Lord and as powerful in his might as we can possibly be and it's a never-ending quest it's not like after this sermon bishop i've arrived i'm now strong in the lord and the power of his might praise the lord that's it no it's a never-ending quest but now uh, uh, here are the things that he tells us we have to do go down to verse 18 go down to verse 18 oh here we go notice what it says Read this with me if you have it. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Now just stop there, in the spirit. Praying in the spirit is a critical part of pursuing the supernatural things of God. Now, saints, I'm telling you from my own experience, I, I operate in the gifts of the spirit. Uh, I operate in the word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Uh, Nothing enhances that gift more than praying in the spirit. Now, let me just give you one experience that I had, and we'll move on with this. And then I'll tell you a little bit about how you make sure that you have and, and operate in the gift of the spirit with the witness of speaking in, any, in, in other tongues. Because it's something that God won't make you do. Now, we're not a church that teaches, well, you don't do that. You're not saved. I mean, that, to me, that's crazy. Um, but you're missing something. And you're missing something very vital, very important uh, that God intended for you to have. We were having church one time. I was, I think I was at the altar. We were all praying in the spirit, or some of us were anyway, those who uh, have the gift and are operating in it. And by the way, it's not an exclusive gift. The gift of speaking in other tongues for the purpose of interpretation is a gift. But praying in the spirit is available to all the saints, to all the saints. Because, you know, uh, uh, Paul talks about that. He said, you know, I will pray in the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. Anybody can pray in the spirit. All you got to do is just let God take over your tongue and do it. Um, you know, let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you in it. But uh, I was praying in the spirit and, and I was, you know, just praying, praying, praying. Suddenly, now, now, now I want everybody to just repeat after me. Bishop, 
would never stand in front of the pulpit and tell a lie because he doesn't lie. You believe that? Amen. I was praying in the spirit and suddenly a woman appeared in front of me. She was on a bed and, and I saw her. I mean, I saw her. I could, I could describe her just like it was yesterday. And some of you were there when it happened and I told you about it. She was, she was a fair-skinned black woman. She had uh, a sort of a, a, a bushy type sort of Afro haircut. She was laying in a bed. I don't know whether I discerned at that moment that it was a hospital bed, but she sat up and looked at me. Now, now you say, well, wait a minute, how'd this happen? It, it was a vision as I was praying in the spirit. She said to me, you're a man of God. Just like that. What in the world does that mean? I think about a week later, it might have been two weeks later. I don't know whether one of you brought him or a man comes into, into the church. That's right. You brought him. a man comes into the church, said, you know, my wife is sick and I, I'm praying for her. She's got cancer. Now, he was lost himself, but, I, you know, and I, we need some help. So I said, OK, OK, because, you know, if you all bring me friends and I can possibly do it, I will try to help your friends, too, as part of our our outreach, although I expect members to, to do that sort of ministry with other people. Not every time somebody comes to you with a need, you know, you run, run them to the pastor and try to wear me out. You know, you, you go to the hospital and pray for them too. Uh, but at any rate, I said, okay, I'll go. When I walked into the hospital room, here she was, sat up and looked at me and said, you're a man of God. The woman I had seen the week or two before, it was her. I mean, it was her. It, it wasn't, well, you know, something, no, it was her. I recognized her when I saw her, praying in the spirit. See, look, God is not bound by time and space. We are. And it's only in our connection with him that we transcend time and space and get glimpses beyond what, God, what, what we as human beings can see. Amen? See, when God looks at time and space, are you all with me? When God looks at time and space, he is both within it and without it. In other words, he sees it from within and he sees it from without. God does not see. We are in a linear time condition. Whereas this is one moment, this is another moment, this is another moment. The moments that pass are over. The moments that are coming, they're coming. We can't see into the future. Amen? Amen. God steps back and sees everything from the very beginning of history to the very end of history in every single detail. And now and then, that's what a word of knowledge is. A word of knowledge is when you know something that you don't have any human way of knowing. We have people come to the church and leave here after I preach a sermon, mad. Mad with their friend, because I know you told that man about me. I mean mad, literally, not just mad. I know you told him, you told him every, because he, he, he was looking right at me when he said, I don't even know that, I don't know nothing about that individual. <laughs> But they're convinced that I knew something about them. Somebody told me. That's the spirit of God talking to them. Amen. 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 Learn to pray in the spirit. Bishop, how do I do it? When you go home today, all you do is say, God, I want the gift of praying in the spirit. And, uh, and I just want you to take over my tongue and, and teach me to pray in the spirit. In fact, I had a man come to me. I won't use his name because he didn't authorize me to do that. But come to me and say he was in his car. And he had, you know, heard about this. He believed it, but, you know, he had never experienced it. He said he was just listening to praise and worship music and just praying. He said, and all of a sudden, the, Lord, the Spirit just came over him. He said, and the tongue just began to flow. He said, it was just wonderful. He said, yes, this, this is it. This is it. Amen. It's available. It's available. 
And if you don't have it, believe me, it's something that you will miss because there are aspects of the supernatural dimension that you will never experience without the gift of speaking in other tongues. Let me just tell you why real quick and then we'll go on. Uh, go, go to Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1 verse 20. It says, um, and I, I'm getting there faster than you, but it says, but beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. That's how you build yourself up. Now, I don't have time to go there, but 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3, if you go there on your own, you'll see that he that prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Edifies himself. Amen? Quietly, please. Edifies himself. In other words, you build yourself up when you pray in an unknown tongue. It's not for trying to impress other people. It's for building yourself up. And we do it sometimes in the church. You may hear me do it sometimes quietly, sometimes more loudly, uh, because I, that, I'm just led to pray in the spirit at that moment. But if I'm not praying loudly, I'm not praying for someone else to interpret it. I'm just praying and edifying myself just as I worship and I praise God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, some people miss this. You know why? Because they're just embarrassed. I can't, you know, I, I, I can't do anything for you. I mean, you know, so you just have to get past that and decide, look, whatever you got for me, I want it. Period. End of discussion. I don't care what he thinks, she thinks, they think. I want it. Whatever you have for me, I want it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, I don't argue with our brothers and sisters who don't believe in it. God bless them. I don't never have, I never have doctrinal arguments with people over this stuff. I know what I've experienced. I know what I believe. And God bless them. If they've received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, there's something they don't want. They don't have to worry about it because they'll never have it. It's that plain and simple. You don't want it, you'll never have it. No need to argue about it. That's, that's, that's the end of that. Amen? Amen. Amen. But just make sure you go to God and see what he has for you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. One last thing. Then I can finish this up and go on to the next message next time. One last thing. So you need to pray and ask, and you need to meditate in the word. Now, meditate in the word. I say you read for breadth of knowledge. You study for depth of knowledge. You meditate for depth of insight. How do I do that, Bishop? Well, you could choose one scripture a day or one brief passage a day, and you could spend the day just going back to that again and again, reciting that over and over in your heart, in your mind. It's a good way to memorize scripture, too. Although you're not doing it to memorize, you're doing it to get it down in your heart. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, you're washing your mind. The Bible calls the word a washing. It says you, you're the, the washing of water by the word. You're washing your mind. You're washing your inward parts with the word of God. It's got cleansing power. And as you meditate in it, that, that word sinks into your heart and it empowers you. See, the word of God has the power to bring itself to pass. The word of God has power within itself. Now, let me just make this plain to you. Say, so what in the world does that mean? Well, do you ask that question? If I brought an acorn in here and then brought a picture of a great big, great big old oak tree and brought an acorn in here and said to you, this has the power to make that. Would you say, how does that happen? You just take it for granted, don't you? Because you know, it's a seed that is capable of producing something much greater than it is. Well, the word of God is supernatural seed and it has the ability to produce what it promises. 
to produce what it says. That's why the Bible says, God said, I'll write my word in their inward parts and write it on their hearts. He wants the word down on the inside of you so that the word will produce for you what the word promises to you. Come on, you hear me? He wants the word inside you so that the word will produce for you what it promises to you. And that's the only way you're going to receive all that it has. you got to get it down in your spirit. That's why those CDs are so important. We started to give them away. You ought to grab one of the scriptures that I use and say, man, that scripture really spoke to me. Meditate on it all week. Meditate on it all week. Meditate on that passage of scripture all week long. And just let that get down into your spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Look, we're not transcendental meditationers, uh, meditators. We don't, we don't meditate to try to empty ourselves. We meditate to fill ourselves with the word of the living God. Hallelujah. Do I have a witness here? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And then here's the, here's the that wasn't the last thing, but here's the final thing. Then you got to seek God's face. You got to seek God's face. See, a lot of times what we end up doing is seeking what God has. We need to seek God's face. See, we need to seek God's face. That's why the first two days of our 5.30 a.m. prayers focused on souls because we're not asking primarily for something for me. Lord, help us to reach people. They need you. They need you, Lord. How do we reach them? Show us. Open the doors of opportunity. Fill our hearts with the hunger to reach others who are lost and, and dying and in trouble and don't know it. Seek God's face. See, when you seek God's face, he'll give you what's in his hand. Amen? Amen. You know, often we'll, we won't seek God's hand because we want something. But we seek God's face to say, Lord, what do you want? What do you want? I want what you want of me and for me. I want to, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to do you good and not harm, to give you hope in the future. Most people don't read the 13th verse. The 13th verse says, you will get that when you seek me with all your heart. See, it doesn't say it's going to come automatically. It says you will get that when you seek me with all your heart. Oh, do I have a witness here? you got to seek God's face. David said, David said, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. Yeah, David probably got up 5.30 in the morning too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. See, I got saved listening to David having this intensity about God. I got saved because I'm thinking, that's not church. Church is usually, when's the service going to be over? And here David is, oh God, I've looked for you in the same. In other words, David said, I went to church looking for you. I want to see your power and your glory. And people go to church today trying to figure out, will they be out in time to see the game? It's pretty sad. Pretty sad. You got to seek God's face. You've got to get beyond the limits that have been imposed on you by the world, by yourself, 
by your own human ability and begin to plug into the power of God and let him add his super to your natural so that you can begin to get super natural results. Amen? Stand up on your feet and give God praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.